Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. church I just feel I'll just be really really honest I just feel really really nervous today and that's not generally me I don't generally roll so much on nervousness but you know I just had since Pastor Greg spoke last week I just couldn't get his message out of my head and I just couldn't get out of not talking to the Spirit of God about it all week. And it just kept going on and on and on. And it's like God was saying, come on, Lois, you need to step up. Something needs to happen in my life. And, you know, I, my little granddaughter, uh, a few weeks ago, or I'll even go further than that, a couple of months ago, we, we all went on a cruise. And uh, by the time we got onto the cruise ship, she was crying, she was tired, she just about had it. And I think most of the photos that were taken on the ship, she just dive-bombed across every photo that was taken. She was always tired and didn't want photos. You know, she had a bit of a hard time now and then. But I went around the house the other day, and she comes running up to me. She goes, Nanny! I go, what? She goes, the sandpit! And I'm like, the sandpit? And I'm thinking, you weren't that excited on the cruise ship. The sandpit? She'd been to daycare and was in love with the sandpit. And I thought, she's got the wow factor going on about the sandpit. And she's still talking about the sandpit the next week. The wow factor. And I thought, you know, God, we so lose the wow factor of him. We sing song after song and we lose the wow factor. And to be honest, it challenges my heart and and it shakes my heart. Because I don't want to lose the wow factor of God. I don't know about you, do you want to lose the wow factor of God? Or do we just want to come to church and go, gee, that was nice this morning, I enjoyed that. But let's not lose the wow factor of God. God is into people. He values people. People are the most valuable thing on the face of this earth. People is is what God values. And we can lose the wow factor of how much God values us and values people. So we can keep on doing church and forget about the others. Forget about what God wants to do. You know, I couldn't get over. I had to watch the funeral of Billy Graham. I just had to watch it. That mighty man of God at 99 years of age passed away two weeks ago. He was still preaching at the age, I think it was, 85 Still drawing crowds of 220,000 people. Which tells me 
We're never too old to share the gospel. None of us. You know, I thought, God, if you want me to throw my notes up in the air this morning, and so be it. Because, you know, I would rather have God come and invade our little space and what we think we've got prepared. I'd rather listen to him any day. Because really, to be honest, he's the only one that can challenge our hearts. He's the only one that can open our hearts. We can be a great orator, but it doesn't matter. We need the Spirit of God to speak to us. And I'm not the greatest orator in the world. I'm very plain, simple English speaking. Never been to university, never done a degree. Don't know any fancy words. I just know that Jesus loves me. And I know that the message that he gave us is a message that we need to speak out. You know, in his lifetime, I think it says that he spoke to 215 million people, preached. It's a staggering amount of people. The Yankee Stadium... Back in 1950-whatever, apparently 100,000 people turned up to hear him speak and other people couldn't get in. It was 20,000 people on the outside that couldn't get in. You know what? We don't have to be a Billy Graham. But God needs to use us just the same. We have the same message and we have the same gospel and he influenced loads and loads of people, generation after generation, not just his generation, generations, presidents. Is the only fourth private citizen to have his coffin taken into Washington, D.C., into the Capitol, where he is honoured by, by the Senate and by the president and, and, and by the general public for two days. Such an honour. A great man of God. But you know what? Billy Graham is a great man of God, but God sees the same greatness in you and I. He sees the same potential in you and I. See, God doesn't just want to use the Billy Grahams. He wants to use us. And I think of John the Baptist when he came. He came preaching a message about being repent and be baptized for the remission of your sin. Now, when you look at how he was dressed at the day, he was dressed in a, in a camel outfit. I don't know what shop he went to, but he's obviously into camel gear. So I don't know when that's coming out as the next fashion statement. But you know, it also said he loved honey. And best of all, he loved locusts to eat. What a strange man. I mean, seriously. Strange character. I don't even know why they, that's in the Bible, saying what he eats and what he wears. But I think it's in there because it's a picture of different. We're all different. We don't have to look the same and sound the same. God just wants to use us. It is gospel was about Jesus coming. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He's coming on the scene. I'm telling you, he's on the scene right now. He's coming on the scene. And people would queue up 
to get water baptized. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the religious leaders of the day. They also would show up too. Because back in the day, it was actually popular to get water baptized. It was the in thing. It was the trend of the day. They didn't want to miss out. And his reaction to them was, you brood of vipers, what are you doing here? Well, you think you're going to get your snake skin a bit wet? You see, John the Baptist knew what he was about. And you know, we have to know what we're about. We have to know what we're about. And I love it when Jesus comes and he takes the center stage. I need a bigger pulpit. <laughs> Jesus comes and takes the center stage and he says this. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the burden and the battered free. To announce this is God's year to act. You know, when Jesus came and said those words, that word also was for us. It was for the church. We have a message. We have a message of hope. Just like we sang this morning, we have a message of hope. And in the Passion Bible, it says this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to be hope. Hope. Hope for the poor. Hoping for the brokenhearted. Hope for those that are downtrodden. Hoping for those that are locked in, in their prison cells. Those that are locked in sin. Those that are locked in demon, demon possession. God wants to set people free. You know, we can listen to, to teaching after teaching. You see, these fishermen, they followed Jesus and they listened to his teaching. But they also studied to act on his teaching. And we can have sermon after sermon and never, never do anything about it. Never, ever act and just go, that was nice. I enjoyed that today. That was really, really good. You see, Jesus came to turn their world upside down. And Jesus comes to turn our world upside down. We are made to make a difference in this life. We often say this, our actions speak louder than words. Our actions have got to speak louder than words. And I think sometimes we use that also as a cop-out. So we go, we'll just use our actions so we don't have to say anything. Well, it's funny because when Jesus came and he got up and he stood up in the temple and he announced who he was, he caused a riot that very day. Jesus went around preaching and teaching. He didn't go around in silence. Jesus caused many a problem where he went. You know, church, there's a time to speak. We can't be silent forever. We really can't. It's almost like we put a choice in front of ourselves and go, well, I'll just do actions and I don't need to say anything because they'll eventually recognize, you know, they need God. Maybe they won't. 
So whose teachings do you want to go by? Do you want to go by the teachings of Jesus? Or by what we think suits us? We can't just idly stand by forever and not say anything. Last week, Pastor Greg said this. He said, we are the church, but the church is not the building. The church is you and the church is me. The person next, sat next to you has the same responsibility as you. They are the church and you are the church. We are the body, so we have to make it individual that we all have our part to play in this great commission to influence our world for Christ. Pastor Greg also said last week, he said, you know what? Our world is going to hell. People are going, not the world, but the people are going to hell. It's not a word we like to use. We don't don't like using that word. It's not a nice word. But you know, that word should really make us feel uncomfortable. And it should motivate us to start to do something about our world. Jesus came to rescue us from that. You see, our world needs us, the church, to wake up. Our world is looking for an answer and it's us that has to wake up to be the answer to the church, uh, to the world. We have to be the answer. We can't be silent. We need the Holy Spirit to come and touch our ears and touch our eyes and touch our mind and shake us. Shake us out of our sleep. Sometimes we don't even know we're asleep. I see my husband sometimes sleeping on the lounge. He doesn't even know he's asleep. And I say, why don't you go to bed? Oh, oh, I wasn't really asleep. Yeah, you were. You were snoring. You were. Sometimes we don't know we're asleep. But the Holy Spirit, because he's so good and so gracious and so loving and loves the world so much and he loves his church so much, he says, come on, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. You've got the answer. You've got me. We've got him. We've got him. He's living and breathing on the inside of us, inside of you. He's in you. And we have the answer. We can influence those people around our lives that are in such a desperate need of him. Our family, our children, our our big family around us is great and we need to influence them, but there are those that God has put around us that are not our families. And we think, God, how, 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 how? How can I reach them? And I believe, church, we've got to go to him. God, you've got to help me. God, you've got to help us. It's not just a good idea. There's got to be more than just a good idea. We've got to let the Spirit of God live and breathe within us. 
You might be thinking, well, I don't think God could use me. I don't think anybody would listen to me. You don't know how much I've stuffed up. Well, you don't know how much I've stuffed up. Guess what? You've all stuffed up. A lot of you. That's why we have the blood of Jesus, because we stuffed up. Well, I'm pretty dysfunctional. Well, God can use that. God will use anything. God's not looking for perfect people. He's just really looking for people that say, God, use me. You see, the fishermen, they made themselves available to Jesus. For three years, they made, they left everything and they followed him. God's not asking you to give up your job or anything else, but he is, he is asking this to follow him. To follow him. Last week, Pastor Greg got, sorry I keep saying Pastor Greg, but I was really, <laughs> the message last week really stuck with me. Pastor Greg got up last week, and for those that weren't here, he says this, he said, I feel really flat this morning. And some people might have thought, oh no, not the pastor. You're supposed to pump me up. You're supposed to make me feel better. I've had a bad week. I've had a rough week. I've been looking for a word. Well, I'm telling you, God's available 24-7. He's available all the time. And sometimes we just need to get in his presence and just let him speak and talk to us. To wake us up. We can't come to church to get stroked. We can't. We have to come to church to move forward. To listen to what the Spirit of God wants to say. And believe you me, God speaks to the churches. Read the book of Revelation. God speaks to the churches. And God is wanting to speak to his church, but he's looking for people that want to listen. Who wants to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying? The other day, after Pastor Greg spoke last week, went home, and I'm sat on my back veranda, and I came in, I said to Phil, you know what, I just had this, had this picture, and it's like, you never go to a swim pool and see people sat on the edge of the pool with their feet dangling in the water saying, look at me, I'm swimming. Has anybody ever seen that? I mean, look, a baby would and a two-year-old and a three-year-old maybe. But I've never se seen anybody do that. And yet we can sit around the edges of Christendom and only want enough faith to get into heaven and God to answer our prayer. Forget about the rest. Forget about them. Well, the world can have the world. Well, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ came to save the world. That the world through him might be saved. That they don't need to go to hell. They can have the answer like you and I. They can have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in them. 
the same spirit, the same anointing. Why should we just have it? Why? Why just for me? What about others? What about stop sitting on the edge of the pool and why don't we just jump in? Why don't we just get saturated? Why don't we just get fully immersed in everything that God's got, not just for the church but for the world? Pastor Greg said this morning about grace and healing. People need the saving grace of God. It's the goodness and the grace of God that leads people to repentance. The Bible says that our message is foolish to those that are perishing. But it is the answer. It's the gift of God. The Great Commission has not changed. It's still the same. Jesus said this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into the whole world and preach the gospel. So God, does that mean I actually have to open my mouth then because I thought my actions were enough? Hello? Well, I don't think I could really do anything. Ask God to wake you up. Ask him to speak. Ask him to put the words in you, in your mouth. It's the same spirit. You have the same spirit. You have the same spirit as me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The Great Commission has never changed. It is for now. You see, the good news was never meant for a select few. It was meant for everyone. It's for everyone. You might know people in your life and go, they don't deserve. Well, mate, you don't deserve either. What makes you think you're better? Because God doesn't have grandkids. He only has kids. We have to stop thinking we're better than someone else. You're not. Well, I'm more gifted. So what? Who cares? Really? God really doesn't care about your gift. He cares about your heart. He cares about what's going on inside of you. He cares. Do you care about what he cares about? Do you love what he loves? Because he loves the world. That's what he loves is the world. He loves people. That's what he loves. As we've heard, our world is in so much turmoil. And we have the answer. We, the individual, have the answer. No one's off the hook. Nobody. We can't bargain our way into heaven. We can't say, well, I don't need to do anything because, well, I sow X amount of money into the church. I also give privately. I give publicly. I give and give and give. So, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does. The Great Commission applies to you is to go. Now, if you're elderly, I'm not suggesting you run around streets or anything like that. I'm not suggesting anything. But you know what? The church needs you to pray for us. Pray that we will wake up. 
We need prayers. We need people who are intercede for the church. We need people interceding for the youth. I see people in my line of work where I see very mentally ill people. And it breaks my heart what I see. And I have a stack of Bibles at work that I'm forever trying to put in people's hands. Some go, oh, no, 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 no. Then others will come in and I'll say, do you mind if I pray? You see, we have. We have the answer. We all have our part to play. We don't have time to get offended. If you're offended, get over yourself. Because you don't have time. I don't know if you've been looking at world events lately. But Christ is coming. And he's coming for a church that's ready. He's coming for a people that are ready. But he needs his word to go out. He needs his message to go out. He needs us to start to speak up. Let's pray and let's speak up. Let's have a word for people in our world. Let's start moving in the grace of God for people that he has placed upon our lives. You know, if you really are offended, I'm going to say this. I thought, gosh, God, that's a bit rough. But you know, if you're living in, offend, in offense, you are useless to the kingdom. Seriously, you are useless. God cannot use you because you're so bound and you're so bitter. And if you're bound and you're bitter, let me tell you this, God has come to open the prison doors to set you free. You've been battered by life. Christ came to set you free. You don't need to hang on to offense. God wants to use you. You'll never have a voice while you hold on to people's sin and stay in offense. We can't afford to carry grudges. If we want to move forward, drop it. I was thinking probably need a bonfire and throw it in there and burn it up. Pour the kerosene on. You know, last week, I'm going to say it again, Pastor Greg said. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Pastor Greg said this. <laughs> he said this. <laughs> Do we want more? And he kept saying that. Do we want more? And he actually said, shout it out, do you want more? And for all those that weren't here last week, that's what he asked everyone to do. So everybody shouted out, we want more. We want more. My question is, what does the more look like for you? What do you want more of? What are you prepared to give up to have more of God? What are you prepared to put aside and break some habits in your life that are holding you back from that next move of going forward with God? What is that? What does it look like? I'm probably going to put a high category in this bag. 
I would say 70% probably need to get more away from TV. I believe, I have nothing against TV. I like TV. I like programs. But I'm telling you, it can be a chain. It can be a chain around your heart and chain around your mind to the fact that it just takes more and more time away from spending some more time with God. You see, if we want more of God, we've got to spend more time in his presence. You can't spend less. You've got to spend more. It's not about working harder. It's not about going out seven nights of the week. It's not about any of those things. It's like, God, if I spend more with you, I'll be able to hear you more. I'll be able to hear you more clearer, clearer, clearer. I'll have more clarity in my mind. You see, there's a cost attached to more. You've got to give something up to have more. I've nearly finished. I was going to say Greg said again, but I might just leave that bit. <laughs> oh. You know, we can know everything there is to know in the Word of God. We see in part, we know in part. We can know prophecy. We can know the Hebrew. We can know the Aramaic. You could probably quote verse for verse, find wherever it is if you're really good at that, which I'm not really good at that. You can know everything. You can know all about world events. You might have a great mind about the Word of God. But you know what? If there's no power and if there's no anointing of the Holy Spirit, it means zilch. It means nothing. It's flatline. See, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need that power. You know, I know once upon a time, I felt the fire. I've known what that fire has felt like in my own life. I used to feel this fire, this, this amazing hunger for God. And, but you know, I've also known what it's like to feel cold. I've known what it's like to feel hot. I also know what it's like to be lukewarm. Sometimes I think I've been sub-zero. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Spirit of God. I need the activation of His Spirit on my life. I need to take responsibility for people in my world. I need to take responsibility for those that I work with, those that God has placed around me, and go, God, how, 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 how can I reach them? How can I reach them? Pastor Greg last week, I shouldn't say sorry, but I believe there was a spark in this place last week. I believe your word just, just caused a spark. I really believe something happened. 
But you know what? We need the spark to grow. We need the flame of God. We need the fire of God in our midst. We don't just want church. For people to feel the presence of God starts within us. You see, if we don't feel the presence of God in our lives, don't expect other people to feel the presence of God that don't know Him. We need to give ourselves again to God. Give ourselves afresh. I just want to finish with this. You see, Jesus said to the disciples, go and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what he meant, but they went anyway. And it says this, as they waited for the Spirit of God, and this is for us. As they waited, he says, when the feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and without warning. Do you know, we need the Spirit of God to come without warning. Just come. Came. And there was a sound like a strong wind, a gale force. No one could tell where it came from, but it filled the whole building like wildfire. In some versions, it says it shook the place where they were. And the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. You know, the Holy Spirit can spread through the church, through us, to our world that is desperately in need. You know, before that, they followed Jesus around and and, and they had a go at what he was telling them to do. But when they were filled with this power, with this strong wind that came, something happened in their life. Peter stood up for the first time and he boldly declared the word of God. You see, a boldness came. A boldness came by the Holy Spirit. These men went to being transformed men because they had now the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want that boldness. Not a boldness to look silly and stupid. Not that sort of boldness. But God, give me a word, Lord, when I know it is right, that God, my word is going to have that power and that anointing that's going to make a difference in that person's life. It'll speak. And they go, wow, where did that come from? See, we have the supernatural power of God living within us. Do we or don't we? You see, we can't stay hid behind closed doors forever. And they were hiding before, but now they were different men. They were no longer hiding. They were out and about. And 3,000 people were baptized that day because Peter spoke his first sermon that day and 3,000 people were added and God continued to add to the church daily. Great things happened. You see, we have the answer. People are waiting to hear this good news that you and I have to unlock the prison doors to see people come out of their shame, their despondency, their their depression, their brokenness. God is looking for you and I. We can't stay intimidated. We need the boldness of the Holy Ghost. If I can leave you one thing this morning, I could just keep on going, but I won't. 
said, God, wake me up. Wake me up. Don't leave me like this. Ask yourself, am I hot? Am I cold? Am I lukewarm? Because lukewarm, God said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I asked this morning that, just don't see it as another sermon. We can't just keep coming to church going another sermon. Let's ask the Spirit of God to do something in our lives. And wake us up. Lord, I just ask for every person here this morning. Oh, Lord, I ask. I ask, Father, that you would break our heart for what breaks yours, God. I just want to share this one more thing and I'll finish. Last Sunday, again, I went home and I just had this picture it was a tree and it had apples on the tree and you know you've heard that saying about you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and I felt God my apples rolled far from the tree far from the tree I know so much about you God but it's not enough you see I need to be connected in I need to be connected to the source. We need to be connected to him. You might have rolled far from the tree, but he wants you. He wants you back. He wants you. He wants his church reaching out to people, loving people. That's who we are. This is the mission of this church, loving people, loving God, loving others. I'm just going to leave you with that to wake up. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.